The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Hi, I'm Elaine Meyer, editor of Daily Word magazine. Always remember that Christmas is more than a date on a calendar. It's a feeling we carry in our hearts all year long. On behalf of the editorial team, blessings to you and yours this holiday season. Empower yourself and get inspired to build the life of your dreams. Welcome to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. Welcome to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. I am your host, Dr. Drayvon James, and I am super excited to have you here with us today on the Unity Online Radio Network, where we explore the concept of developing a life of peace every day. We do this every Monday at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time or whatever time it is right now in your corner of the world. And yes, that's right. Life of peace every day, every day. Peace defined as wholeness, completeness, nothing missing, nothing broken, totality. Can you even imagine such a thing? Well, I'm here to tell you that yes, it's possible. Yes, you deserve it. And yes, you can achieve it. Listen, I'm a mom of two teenagers, a wife, a pharmacist, an actress, an author, and the creator of Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James, where I do workshops and keynote speaking. And much like you, my days are long and busy. But just because we're busy doesn't mean that we are not entitled to, that we do not deserve or cannot make time for a life of peace every day. In fact, I would challenge you by saying you're probably so busy because you're trying to do that. You're trying to do that. But there are some things that we do, some patterns that we have in our everyday process that deprive us from the goal of living a life of peace every day. Wholeness, completeness, nothing missing, nothing broken, totality. There are some thought patterns that we have some strongholds, as you would say, some thought patterns that we have that keep us from achieving that. And would you believe, would you believe that it just takes a little bit of tweaking to create an environment within within ourselves where we can outpicture this life of peace every day. And that's why we gather here every Monday at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's why we gather here together as a tribe, as a family, so we can remind ourselves that that really is the mission. And we can hear from others who are doing things to create that life of peace. Because today we're going to be talking about faith walking. Faith walking. Walking by faith. I know we hear it all the time. Walk by faith and not by sight. But too many of us really don't do that. Especially when we talk about something that we do just about every day. takes up most of our life. Is our jobs. We don't. You know that most Americans report that they do not like the job that they are in. They do not like the vocation that they have chosen. And not only do they not like it, but they wouldn't, if they had to do it all over again, they definitely would not choose that vocation. Even though for many of them, the income is good. It's okay. They're not complaining about that. They just don't get a lot of joy and fulfillment out of it. That surely does not sound like living a life of peace every day. That sounds like making the best of a mediocre situation. And I don't believe we arrived on the planet Earth to be mediocre, right? We haven't done that. So today's guest is uh, a playwright. 
a successful playwright, Ursula V. Battle of Battle Stage Plays. And she is going to be talking with us today, sharing with us today how she took a faith walk. A faith walk. Because guess what? Doing meaningful work is nice. I hope wherever you are in your vocation, you're doing something that's adding meaning. Adding meaning to the world. And I bet you are. I bet you are. But doing meaningful work that makes you feel happy and fulfilled is even better. And it's available to you. It's available to you. It may take that we change, we let go of where we are now so that we can move to where we're meant to be. And that's scary for a lot of people. That's so scary, myself included. For a long time, I hit out and I thought, well, I'm not gonna, you know, I may not be qualified enough. I don't know it well enough. A thousand and one reasons why I didn't pursue my passion. Because I had a great career. Being a pharmacist is a great career and it's meaningful work. It's doing awesome work. But I had a burning desire to do other things. Full life, full life. And maybe you out there are listening today. You just don't know. You don't know that there's fear and trepidation. There's so many tangible things that are getting in your way of really pursuing it. And then, of course, there's that being tired after you've given all that you got to your daytime gig or your full-time gig. So without any further ado, I want to introduce to you Ursula V. Battles. And Ursula, welcome to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. We are super excited to have you here today. Thank you, Drayvon. And I am super excited to be on your show today. It's, a, it's an honor and a blessing. And thank you so much for the opportunity. Oh, you're quite welcome. So I know you as a successful playwright, an awesome playwright. <laughs> you're welcome. You're welcome. Um, and I want to start off before we get to that. And I, I want the listeners to know, stay stay on for the whole time. You don't want to miss any part of this because in this story, in her telling and teaching of the thing and the process, I believe, in fact, I know that a part of her story will resonate with you somewhere and give you that extra encouragement that you need to get something moving for you in the direction of your dreams and passion. We're in, we're in December, the last month of the year. It's not too late to start acting on those <laughs> dreams we talked about in January, right? So Ursula, starting off at the very beginning, um, tell us a little bit about, you know, where you were before, before you became a successful playwright? What was your life like? Well, uh, let's see. I, um, I'm from Northwest Baltimore. I grew up in the Forest Park section of Baltimore City. And um, I'm a graduate of uh, Walbrook High School. Uh, went on to attend Coppin State University and the University of Baltimore. So I would say that um, writing has always been a very, uh, I would say, important part of my life. Uh, prior to my uh, playwriting career, I was a journalist for the Baltimore Afro-American newspaper where I uh, served as a staff writer for approximately seven years, I believe it was. And then I began writing for the Baltimore Times, and I'm still writing for the Baltimore Times. But uh, my background is in uh, journalism. And um, I am a native of Baltimore, and um, my mother is a retired school teacher, and uh, my father, who just passed uh, very recently, 
was a very successful barber. So I guess you could say I have a little bit of uh, entrepreneurship in my um, in my blood, along with um, teaching in my blood um, coming from my mother, as well as ministry in my blood coming from I guess both my uh, father who was a minister and my grandfather who founded uh, New Hope Baptist Church, and my grandmother was a missionary. So I a very rich uh, background, and um, I'm very proud of that. Wow. Wow. I, and how much of what you do, we're going to talk about the plays and all that a little later in the segment, but how much of what you do is, do you think is tied to that background of being a missionary, uh, being a product of that life of a missionary and of a minister? Um, I would say all of it. I, I believe that it was uh, preparation uh, by God to uh, put me on the, the path. I didn't know what he was preparing me for at the time, of course. <laughs> I didn't realize it, but I believe that my uh, growing up in the church, um, a very rich, um, again, background as far as, far as um, the church is concerned, uh, seeing the, the, the inner workings of the church, um, working for a, a newspaper a number of years, um, some of the, the personal things that I've gone through, some of the things I've seen others go, go through, um, I think was all preparation for um, the work in ministry through stage plays that uh, God had in store for me. So um, I think all of it had some part to, to do with it. And, and I'll just use you as an example, Drayvon. So you were in the very first play that I did, uh, Teacher's Lounge. And um, I think I did that play back in 2001. And so at the time, you, you were cast as one of the teachers. And, of course, we've stayed in contact over the years, and you've been in other productions. But it was through my affiliation with you and uh, my friendship with you that you introduced me to Dr. Gregory William Branch. And um, Dr. Branch, who is um, the director on the majority of my productions, um, has really been a tremendous blessing uh, to me. But out of my friendship with you um, and my working with you on productions, it opened the door to my um, working with Do Dr. Branch. So um, back to your point, I, I believe that um, your being placed in my life um, put me in contact with people that I needed to be put in contact with um, in order for me to continue to grow as a writer and, and become uh, better in the craft and, and more importantly, to be able to um, bless many people uh, through our productions, which I, I believe we've been able to do. And, and I'm, I'm very excited about the ministry and uh, I'm happy about that. And I, and, and I just say this, I'm, I feel uh, humbled and, and privileged um, to have been chosen uh, by God to have the gift of writing, to be in a position to bless so many people at, at, at one time. And it truly is. It truly is a blessing. It truly is a blessing. And I want to go back to the fabulous, you know, you're, you doing your journalism and working in that career. And I know that is, like you said, a lot of writing in and of itself, but maybe a different type of writing than what you currently yeah. do as a successful playwright. Where do you think, well, how did you get the courage? Now, this is really when I talk about a faith walk. I know for myself and for many listeners, many people in general, it takes so much courage, so much courage to move from where you are 
to where you know you need to be in the Lord, period. But when we talk about adding to that, adding to that, that you're going to take your financial situation and say, okay, this is this is what I've been trained to do. I have been trained to be a journalist. I've trained for this, you know, a master's degree, what have you. I've trained. I am a successful journalist and I am going to sit that aside with all of its securities as competitive as that career path is. I'm going to sit that aside and pursue this, not knowing where this is going to go. How did that come about? How how that even how that conversation even get on the table? <laughs> Well, it, it's, it, first of all, that's a, that's a very good question. It actually goes back to a very um, basic conversation uh, between my mother, uh, Vashtide, and myself. We had gone to see Shelly Garrett's beauty shop. And um, after going to see beauty shop, my mother, who was teaching in the city school system at the time, said, Ursula, you need to really write a play about teachers. And, you know, I had dabbled a little bit in, in playwriting. But, you know, just as far as schoolwork and maybe just, you know, dabbling a little here and they just jotting stuff down. But I never really seriously considered writing a play. So after my mother and I had that conversation, I started you know, giving it some thought. And um, so I started jotting things down in, the, in a spiral notebook. And then it went from the notebook. And eventually uh, it got to the computer. But it, it started as a conversation with um my mother. And then from there, it went from that conversation to me coming up with some ideas in my head in terms of what would be interesting around education to write about. And so I remember that my mother would take us in the, in the lounge, when I, in the teacher's lounge when, um, when I was a little girl. And I said, oh, that would be a good place to be sort of like the nucleus of the play. So I really, uh, you, you want to talk about faith walk. That was a tremendous faith walk because I stepped out. This, this was the first play I'd ever written. I didn't necessarily know a lot. I didn't even know who I was going to get to even um, direct the play. I wasn't sure about renting venues. And then when I tried to sort of like uh, look into different venues in terms of, I looked at the lyric and, and all, of these, all of these different places, it was sort of like learning as, as I went along. And so um, I was blessed with being referred to um, Cheryl Pasture. And so someone had said, if you can get Cheryl Pasture to direct your play, you'll be on your way. And uh, cause she's she's an excellent uh, director. So I got in contact with Miss Pasture, who I remembered from Walbrook High School. She was a drama teacher there. And I gave I said, well, Cheryl said, before I commit, <laughs> let me read the script. So uh, Cheryl <laughs> read the script and she really liked it. And, um, you know, she gave me some um, directions as to what I needed to do in terms of edits. I went back and made the edits and the rest was history. Uh, history. Uh, we put the play up at um, Coppin State University. It was a huge success to the point that people still talk about uh, Teachers Lounge today. Now, we've, we've done different um, um, productions of Teachers Lounge since the original production. I've gone back and rewritten and, and um, done it a couple times since the original production, but people still talk about Teachers Lounge. So um, I would like to attribute my playwriting career starting from the conversation that I had with my mother about writing a play. And, and then, uh, Drayvon, I, I found as I began to write plays that it came naturally. So, yes, I, I do have a, a background in journalism, and I, and I do have a degree in English and all of the educational things that I, I went to school for, but there's a gift that 
I mean, I'm not taking anything away from education because it's good, and I think that everybody should get an education. But there's a spiritual gift of writing that I believe the Lord has given me. And when I sat down and began to write um, Teacher's Lounge and the other plays that were to come, I began to realize that the Lord was working through me, through my writing, to be a blessing to others. And then when I understood the ministry of the play, because I, I, I think Teacher's Lounge was a, was a great teaching play, and people walked away with some lessons about how to treat one another and, um, and how to, you know, really understand what teaching is and, and um, the challenges of being a teacher. And, you know, it was a comedy. It was, you know, there were some funny things. There were some serious things that touched on breast cancer and so many other things that really impacted people. But as I began to grow spiritually, I began to, I believe, grow in my writing. And once I understood the, the ministry that was in my writing, um, I, I just believe that over the years that um, I've been blessed with, you know, individuals like yourself and, and Dr. Branch, but that my writing has gone to a whole different level in terms of, of the ministry. But again, it, it all started from the conversation with my mother. And then the journalism part, um, I just want to touch on this too. Um, in, in writing for the Afro-American newspaper and in writing for the Baltimore Times, and I would say the Afro in particular, I wrote a lot about um, crime, a lot of, um, you know, shootings and, and killings and just, you know, just a, a lot of things I wrote about when I was a reporter for the Afro. And so in sitting down and, and talking to, you know, real people who have lost family members to violence, and the pain and the anguish and, and, and everything that happens as a result of that. One of the things I, I tried to do and, and continue to try to do in my writings is to, is to translate that into the plays to get the audiences to understand what, what that pain is like through, mm. through, through my writing. So I, yes. I do believe that the journalistic part of what I've done, and I'm still writing as a journalist for the Baltimore Times, has, has uh, educated me and equipped me in a way in which through my stage plays, I can be a blessing to a lot of people and, and more importantly, to really get them uh, to, to think and to understand that there is hope and, um, and to encourage them and to uh, have them to see that uh, through God, you know, anything is possible, anything is possible. And, and hopefully to, to understand um, how important it is um, that we treat one another uh, with love and, and with respect, and that hopefully maybe someone that came to see uh, one of Ursula Battle's plays before they decide, you know, they might want to pick up a gun and, and shoot somebody, that perhaps they might say, oh, I remember in the play I saw this particular incident or or that particular incident or that, that scripture stuck with me from that play, so I'm not going to take that action. I'm going to go to church or I'm going to pray or I'm going to make peace with that person. So the hope is that once the person leaves out of the play, that the, the lessons and the message will, will resonate from them uh, that day and in the weeks and years to come. And, and that's, that's, that's a beautiful thing. Yeah, it is a beautiful thing. And I, and I have seen, I think, just about everything that you've done. And I will say this, which I was going to say in the second half of the show, but as you brought it up, I feel compelled to say it now. It is more than an evening of entertainment. It is definitely entertaining. You are going to laugh. You're going to cry. Uh, it is amazing. But at the end of everything, you really know that you've been taught something, something that you need to do more of, something that you may need to eliminate doing. It is some lesson there that uh, in all of your plays that 
really, really drive home for an actress and for uh, as, as an audience member that's viewing viewing the plays. And I want to talk because I know we have people who have uh, maybe your maybe your your passion is not writing uh, plays. Uh, maybe it's dancing or maybe it's a number of things. Maybe it's, you know, opening up a daycare, something uh, so different than what you're currently doing, but you just don't know. You just don't know whether or not you can do it, whether or not you can do it. And what I hear you saying now is that you're still, you still work in journalism. You still do that. So you're still able yeah. to uh, pursue that because it's a, it sounds like that was a passion of yours as well. It, I, it, I do. I do love uh, journalism a lot and it's opened up a lot of doors to, it, well, it's a great networking career, first of all. And um, much like playwriting, you can impact people a lot through, um, you know, through, through the writing um, that goes in the newspaper. So, you know, whether it's um, a health-related story, and you know, I do a lot of health-related stories, I do a lot of human interest stories, um, it's an opportunity to educate someone through um, the newspaper, through my news articles. Mm -hmm. And so that's a wonderful thing. And it, and it puts me in contact with people that maybe otherwise um, I would not have met. So it's 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 just it's just a great opportunity. And so whether it's you know writing plays or writing for the newspaper, I just thank God for the opportunity to be able to write. I'm very grateful. Yeah, and and, and I, I'm grateful too as a person who's watched and acted in a lot of your productions. I'm thinking to myself too about those people who have a talent and they keep it hidden under a light. I think somewhere in the word of God, I may get this wrong because I'm paraphrasing it, but you know, who lights a, a candle and hides it under a bushel, right? You want your, right. your light, your talent, your gift to be on front center for the world to see. But too often, people don't have that faith to walk mm -hmm. in that and they, they would write wonderful things or paint wonderful things or be able to sing wonderfully or uh, dance or act or, or be phenomenal with children or what have you. And they don't have the courage mm -hmm. to make the first step to make, I'm not talking about to leave their job, but to even make their dream visible to the world. Mm -hmm. What do you think, what do you think um, would be some kind of, advice we could give people like that who are living uh with a dream with, with a with a talent and they're self-criticizing maybe i don't know what they're doing but they they have this apprehension about letting that talent that gift be visible to the world well i i would think that uh fear might have a a lot to do with it in in many cases and fear of the unknown is real it's, it's hard to um to step out and, and do something and you don't know what the outcome is going to be, you know, whether it's um, putting out a, a large amount of money um, and you don't necessarily know on the front end what that return is going to be. But, you know, my, my, my uh, favorite scripture, and this is my, my favorite scripture in the Bible is second uh, Corinthians five and seven. Uh, for we walk by faith and, and not by sight. And, and truly, I, I walk by faith and not by sight, because if I was to walk by sight, I know that I would not have um, probably done my first play. So um, I stepped out there on, on faith and, and, um, and did the first, first play. 
and um and nothing, and I had not looked back had not looked back so you know we we can't allow fear to stifle us I mean I just kind of jumped out there and did it <laughs> and I guess I just said well I'll just worry about the you know the uh, repercussions after the fact <laughs> I just was determined that I was going to I was going to do that first play I'm going to get me a director um we're going to do this play at Coppin State University which is my alma mater um we're going to have limousines you know I, I I was, I was. Oh, you did. Young, yes. Much. I, we're going to have limousines. It's going to be Hollywood style and, and all of that. So, and we red carpet, searchlights and, and, and all of those things on the first place. So all those things, I, I had a, a, a big picture at the time and, and a big dream at the time of, of um, bringing that to fruition and to God be the glory. Um, it happened. It happened. But I would say that I have grown tremendously as, as a writer since the first play. And, um, and so the searchlights and the, and the limousines and the red carpet is all nice, but you won't really see that anymore because my focus is on not searchlights and, and red carpets. My, my focus is on making sure that uh, we get as many people out and in the seats as we can to see the productions and that above all else, that people are blessed through the messages of the play. Um, and so, you know, we, I, I've seen people come and, and pack an auditorium, and I, and I get phone calls, I get text messages, I get Facebook posts, um, just so many wonderful things I've heard people tell me about how the plays have been a blessing to them. And that's coupled with the cast members and, and, and the directors and other people that I work with who are blessed behind the scenes, who believe that they were put in a particular role uh, by God, because that was needed to get them over whatever obstacle that they had going on in their lives. So people are blessed in the audience and people are blessed behind the scenes. And, and all I can say is it doesn't get much better than that. No, it doesn't. That's wonderful. But to get to that point, I love you said the, the scripture, Second Corinthians 5 and 7, I walk by faith and not by sight. And I know that that sounds when, so comforting when you hear someone say that, but to actually do it, to actually do it. And I think about the practicality, maybe there's a part of my brain that's very linear. Uh, someone once told me that I have a very creative she said, I'm, uh, what they call even-brained. She says, not very common. She said, you have a very creative brain, but you're very linear at the same time. And it makes me ask questions, a lot of questions, before I do things. And not that it won't stop me from doing it, but I do sometimes find that um, they say the devil is in the details sometimes. When you're so caught up into the reasons why you cannot do something, Mm -hmm. Instead of asking yourself the questions that I believe successful people like yourself must ask yourself, either consciously or subconsciously, is why I must do this. Yeah. Why must, I must, must do this. Right? Must, must do it. That's right. You got to do it. And, and, I, and I'll just say this. Um, you're, you're right. I mean, a lot of times if you look at the different things, well, first of all, it's the, the negative people. Like a, a lot of times I think that people just need to... Um, sort of like clear their space in terms of negative people, because a lot of times negative people will talk you out of doing what it is that um, you've been called to do. And so you, you have to get the negative people out of, out of your life, or at least, you know, not too close in your space and replace that with some positive encouragement 
um, so that you can, oh, okay. you know, pursue what it is that you need to do. Ursula, we're going to come right, come right back okay. to this thought about the, about the positive people and negativity right after these commercial okay. breaks. You're listening to All Ursula right. V. Battle on Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. We'll be right back with you to discuss this awesome faith walk. Hi, I'm Reverend Linda Martella Witset with Silent Unity, reminding you that we are here for you during the holidays to support you with affirmative prayer and inspiration. From all of us at Silent Unity, we wish you a beautiful and blessed holiday season. You're listening to Unity Online Radio. This programming is made possible through the generous donations of listeners like you. If you feel inspired by this programming, we invite you to contribute. Go to unityonlineradio.org and click on Donate to make your offering today. Thank you for your support. Here's a Unity Teachable Moment with Rev. Blair Tabor from Unity San Diego, taken from a talk called Sacred Service, The Ultimate Spiritual Growth. Who we are and who we perceive ourselves to be as human beings is just such a small part of who we are as spiritual beings. Remember the phrase that I like, you know, Emily Cady says, God did not make you be spiritual pygmies, but spiritual giants. You know, and do we live as if we're spiritual giants? No, we don't. We live, we live as if we're you know, weak human beings. You know, we're spiritual giants. We need to live that way in our lives. So we have to let go of the ego. It's a challenge because we spent so much energy and focus on, on our ego on dressing a certain way and talking a certain way and looking a certain way and and lining ourselves in certain ways to to uphold that ego identity. But as we're willing to let that go, let it be permeable to spirit, then what we find is we're connected to that infinite oneness that is God. To find a Unity Church near you, visit unity.org. If you've been on a spiritual path for a long time, what can you read that's new and exciting? Try Unity Magazine. It's designed for the seasoned spiritual student with in-depth articles and interviews about spiritual practices and philosophies. Our columnists share their own faith journeys and cover healing, science, and psychology with even a little scripture thrown in. You'll read some classic authors and some new ones. Get a free trial issue at unitymagazine.org. Did you know you can reach Unity's 24-7 prayer ministry online? You don't even have to give your name to know the prayers have begun for you or those you love. Someone has been praying around the clock at Silent Unity since 1890, and every request is taken into prayer for 30 days. Why not let us pray with you, too? To submit your prayer request to Silent Unity online, go to unity.org and click on prayer or call 816-969-2000. Discover how to connect with our loved ones on the other side with Suzanne Giesman and Messages of Hope. Tune in every Thursday at 3 p.m. Central as Suzanne shares evidence that love never dies. In evidential medium, spiritual teacher, and author, Suzanne brings hope and healing through her gift of communication with those who have passed. Suzanne brings messages of hope and love that go straight to the heart. Tune in this Thursday right here on Unity Online Radio. Call now with your question or comment. 816-251-3555. That's 816-251-3555.
Create and build the life of your dreams. Welcome back to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. We're here today with playwright, successful playwright, Ursula V. Battles from Battle Stage Plays. And we're talking about um, the influence of positive and negative people in your life as it relates to you taking that, me taking that, us taking that faith walk from where we are. And we're talking about career today, but it doesn't have to just be career. But from where you are, where in whatever space you're in, to where you know you need to be. To where you know you need to do it, and so uh, Ursula, if you don't mind, uh, just sharing that wisdom with us about the negative people and the people that you surround yourself with that you're speaking on. Yeah, that that's a that's a very big one there, and I, I think that once you get the negativity out, um, God can be in a position to do what He needs to do to put the positive in. So you know. I guess in conjunction with that, you know, we were talking about, which is, of course, a part of this conversation, the reason why people are hesitant to step out and and pursue their dreams. And a lot of times, like I said, it's the negative people or they talk themselves out of it. Well, you know, I have this particular talent, but I can't do this. Or I don't, you know, I I don't believe I'll be able to do that. But I'm a living testimony that um, whatever deficiencies that you may have, um, God will put efficient people in your life to, um, take up for where those deficiencies are. So, so for me, I'm, I'm a creative person. My mind is always on creating characters and um, what, what a, um, a play is going to be about in terms of the storyline. And so my mind is always working in terms of the creative part. But where um, my strengths may not lie, uh, i.e. directing, uh, the Lord has sent me uh, some wonderful directors. You know, he sent me people to help in terms of financial management. And so, um, you know, he, I, I'm not a singer. I'm a, I'm a writer. He sent me beautiful singers. So I said it to say that, God, if you, if you have the faith in what it is he's called you to do, he will send you everything that you need, everything. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, it, may absolutely. Not, it, it may not be visible to you, but it, it's there. And, um, and he'll just, you know, if you, if you just pursue what it is he's called you to do, um, he'll take care of the rest. And, and I, I'm a living witness to that. I know that to be true. And I've seen, awesome. him, I've seen him do it in my life and the lives of many, many people, including yourself. Oh, wow. We just got to take that first step, right? We have a caller on the line. We're going to go to the call right now with Linus Woods Mullins. Hi, Linus. You're on the line with um, Dr. Drayvon James and our wonderful guest today, Ursula V. Battles. Hi, um, wonderful show, and thanks for Thank you. Uh, allowing me to uh, ask a question. Um, I have been in business myself for over 10 years, and um, I walked out by faith from my job after being in corporate America for 25 years. And my question is, um, how do you stay uh, motivated in pursuing your dreams when you do have a constant negative influence in your um inner circle, you know, family, close friends. How do you overcome that? Uh, Ursula? You may may take it? Okay. Well, first of all, good evening to you, and and thank you for that great question. Well, I I think this is just just my take on it. I think for me, I just try to continue to speak um, positive words. 
whenever there's any type of um, negativity, well, first of all, I try to keep the negativity at, at bay, as I as I mentioned earlier, but I try to um, be a, an example of, I guess, how God can work and how he's worked in my life. So I try to continuously give off um, positiveness and hopes that it will maybe uh, – um, reverse the uh, effects of someone that maybe has a lot of negativity around them and um, mm-hmm. and, and not be bothered or not allow uh, any type of negativity to deter me from what it is that I'm trying to do, uh, whether it's, it's working on a play, uh, whether it's going to church, because sometimes, you know, you can be headed to church and, and the devil will show up, but guess what? I'm going to church and, and I'm a praise God anyhow. Um, or mm-hmm. if I'm working on... Um, news article. I mean, it's, it's just so many things that you could be doing, and the devil will show up. But but you got to be determined to do what it is that you're supposed to do. And and when that negativity is there again, I speak positive words, or or I'll pull out a scripture, or I'll, I'll start talking about something that the Lord ha- has done for me, or something I've seen Him do for for someone else. And and I know as crazy as it sounds. After a while, and, I, and I've seen it happen so many times, that negative person, when they're not, like, getting anywhere with what they're saying in terms of trying to steal your joy, they'll back off. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, they do. They do because it takes all the sting out of it. <laughs> it so, takes all the sting uh, out of it. Amen. Yeah, yeah it takes uh, yeah, all the sting out of it when you don't respond to them in yep. any way. Linus, do you have any other special tricks or tips that you use when you're in that space with negative people? Um, I've had a lot of experience with this. And if I were to have allowed them to uh, drag me down, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't have $200,000 on on uh, social media and wouldn't have my shows and my, my magazine and all the other things that went with it. Right. My, I guess my basic tip is exactly what she said with one um, extra thing. And that is remember who it is that God uh, says that you are. And even if that means you have to put yeah. sticky notes around you all in your office or on your mirror in your uh, you know dashboard in your car or whatever, in terms of who you are, continually reaffirm yourself and do the things that are necessary to, um, to affirm who you are as a person rather than looking on the outside of yourself for um, gratification or appreciation or even recognition. You look to God for that and who God says you are. And for me, that went a long way because people will disappoint you, and not always on purpose, mm-hmm. but it's really uh, good to have um, your need for um, um, affirmation or your need just a confirmation to know it's good to have that rooted in what the Holy Spirit tells you or what God or the messages God tells you or who he works through because you're right he will send you people that will affirm who you are or you know that will help you to attain whatever it is he's placed on your mind that you are supposed to attain that's the only thing else that I would add is that you know when you're not hearing those words that you need to hear and what you're hearing mostly is negativity, start you know saying those words to yourself. Oh, I love it. Amen. I love it. Yes. Because I ladies, I really believe in men who are listening, I really believe that the most powerful voice that your ears will ever hear is your own. And when you say, you know, in the words that you use, when you speak to yourself and you say what you say about yourself, what God says about you. 
Oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. And when you can do that, when you're not being supported by others openly, or when you're feeling down on yourself and you feel like you missed the mark, um, when you can say about yourself from your own mouth so that your own ears can hear you, what God from the word of God says about you, it is so, so powerful. And it, it, it lifts you back up to that place of, of peace where you feel whole and complete, nothing missing, nothing broken. Doesn't mean that everything's perfect, right? Because obviously mm -hmm. Houston, we may have a few problems here, but it doesn't define you as an individual. So very Amen. important. Yes. Thank you so much for calling in. You're an awesome, faithful listener week yes. after week. Yes. And I really appreciate you. Absolutely. Thank you. Great You're show. welcome. Enjoy, enjoy your evening. We have another caller on the line. Oh. Hi, Tony. You're on the line with Everyday Peace and Dr. Drayvon James with Ursula V. Battle. How are you this evening? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. So, you got Ursula B. Battle on the line. Hello, <laughs> Ursula. <laughs> Hi, Tony. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. So, look, I know I've never been in any other place, but, you know, I'm part of the family. Been with, yes, been with you for the longest time. I just want to say, Ursula, it's awesome what you've done, not just with the work, but the fact that you stepped out there and took that risk. That's a huge thing to do, especially having children like you have. And so yeah. I think you're, you're an encouragement because you've shown that it can be done. And too many of us, um, we have a lot of excuses, and they're probably legitimate excuses why we don't step outside of what we're doing and follow our dream. But clearly you had a plan, so you had a plan. But just the fact, but even, even when we develop plans, we still may say, uh, I think I still want to stay with the safe thing. Even if the safe thing isn't making us happy, we still stay with it. So um, just outside of the great work that you've done, because, you know, I've seen it all, everything that Drayvon has been in, I've seen it. But um, even more so, your courage to go ahead and step outside of what it is that you didn't want to continue to do and follow your passion and your dream. And clearly you have a gift for it because your stuff is very Thank good. You. So it's not like you don't have a gift. You have a gift. But even if you didn't have a gift for it, just I think it's just an encouragement for people just to go do the things that they really want to do. And I do believe that if you do that and you're earnest and you're sincere and you put it in God's hands, it's going to work out. It's going to work out because it's worked yes, out it for will. you. So I just wanted yes, to say will. that, you. you know, you and you and uh, Draymond there are awesome team, and so I just just wanted to say that. Well, thank you, Tony. I, I really appreciate that, and and I and I'll just mention this. You said I I had a plan. I, I didn't have a plan at all. God had the plan. I, I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know what was going to come down the pipe, but but He knew, and and everything That's that right. I had to have, He 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 already He already knew, and He gave it uh, to me in the form of you know wonderful people like yourself and Drayvon. And, uh -huh. and the resources. I mean, he he just continues to amaze me. So he he knows what he has in store for me. Only thing that I have to do is to continue to to, to walk in my gift and um and and to try my best to be a blessing to as many people as I can. And I and I do well, try to do that. Well, you have. Well, you have. I have Thank to you. say that you have. You're welcome. Thank you. Uh, th and thank you for calling in. It means so much for you to be part of the tribe, part of the family. Um, so I want to get back to this concept that you were talking about a moment ago uh, when you said the second Corinthians five and seven, I walk by faith and not yes. by sight because I've been I hearing do. that my whole life, my whole life. Yes. And 
Uh, and I know that sometimes it's true and sometimes it's not so true for me. For mm-hmm. I'm just talking about myself, but I know that there are other people out there who probably can relate to this. And yes. there is something that stalls us, us out, whether it is uh, the over preparation. You know how that is. We want to solve every problem before it occurs. That's right. And we want to know. You know what I mean? We want to know right. exactly how how you pack an audience. And I'm just using I'm using theater because you're a playwright, but it could be a number of things. You want to know exactly how many widgets you can get in the shop, how many workers you can have. And it's okay to plan. It's okay to That's plan. Right. We should plan. You know, the Bible mm-hmm. talks about that. You know, if you, if it's a foolish man who doesn't wait who doesn't consider the cost, right? That's right. So we should That's plan. right. It's true. So true. But we don't we don't want that planning to get to become so obsessive till it paralyzes us, though. That's and, right. And That's right. A lot of our listeners can think about that. How long have you been planning? And every time you hear about something that came up that, you know, oh, yeah, that's why I didn't start. But if you search the Internet, even you will find out that somebody started that exact business that you want to start. And they started under the exact economy that you chose not to start it in and with um, less skill sets than you have. And they that's had. Right courage and so mm-hmm. i you know courage is a, a big thing of mine i know when i first became a, a, a mature christian i just always test my faith and i knew that faith came by by hearing the word right and but i knew that right. courage is one of those things that you only have to be courageous if you're scared right it goes hand in hand right. with that's being true. scared that's true that is you can't be courageous if you're not scared <laughs> Mm-hmm. That's right. right. That's right. So you got to, you know, that that fear serves a purpose too, because that's how we really get a lot of work out of that courage muscle. But I, there is a woman that you all may know as the listening audience, and her name is Mel Robbins. I came across her maybe last year or so, and she uh, had this concept which I was actually using, believe it or not, before I heard of her. But I didn't have, I didn't, you know, have. She really. Tells you the science behind it. And she talks about the 54321 rule. And it's basically a countdown. And I know uh, I would uh, had learned very early on as a very young pharmacist, I was, would study um, motivational things and business motivational things too. And there was a writer, Brian Tracy, who talked about eat the, eat the frog first thing in the morning. Eat the frog first thing in the morning. What he meant by that was the same thing that Mel Robbins kind of means is that don't give your brain a second to hesitate on your and your greatness. Mm-hmm. When you get a thought that you should be doing something, you know, you know. Don't don't let your fear muscle get more work than your courage muscle. Mm-hmm. When you know that That's you right. should be doing something, do something. Do mm-hmm. something. Make a call. Do something. Let somebody know. Take that step and you'll be amazed. You'll be amazed at what would happen. And I think that's the most encouraging thing, um, Ursula, in addition to you being a fabulous playwright. I mean, amazing that every time you write something, there is, there's a sense of comedy, comedy in there in with the cast. You know, uh, you remind me of, of, uh, of a kind of, um, you create this family around you, I would say, that... Um, with your actors and we come and go, but there's a family there's, we come together and it's pretty much the same actors. They've been working together for years, um, for years, <laughs> yeah. decades, right? <laughs> we yeah. go off and do yeah, other projects, right. but, but then we come back and do an Ursula V battle project and it's like coming home. And uh, so I think that that 
family, that sense of community that you create in this bond of people that is off this, you know, behind the stage is something that people never see. You know, there for the birth of people's um, children, the death of people's parents, and this camaraderie yeah. and this extra family that you create. Because that doesn't happen in all all plays and all productions, right? That's that, true. That, 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 that is, is not. True. <laughs> we have a wonderful right? family. We, we do. We, I, I tell you, I, I just feel so blessed because um, when some sometimes when, when cast members share, you know, some of the experiences that they have had in, in other productions, and they talk about, you know, how in this family of um, our ever-growing family of cast members, how, you know, they have been encouraged. And, you know, I've heard, like, sometimes we debrief after shows and we talk about um, some of the things that were going on. And so people will come to rehearsal and you never know what personal battle um, or challenge that they were dealing with outside of the production. But when they come into the uh, rehearsal, it's an outlet for them to be able to take their minds off of whatever uh, challenges that they have going on in their personal lives. And so, you know, I've heard people talk about how they were dealing with cancer, but you would never know in rehearsal because they left that uh, challenge at the door. They just came in and they just went into rehearsal and they just did what they had to do. And it's after the, the, the production that you find out all of these different things that people are dealing with in their personal lives that you would never, ever, ever know. But what a blessing it is to be um, in a position to be able to offer people an outlet. And so a lot of times when people come into rehearsal and we've had um, people that have um, become married through our production, that's friends, people pray for one another. Um, It's so many wonderful things that have have happened as a result of our plays. And I just, again, it's just a, a wonderful opportunity to be able to bless people uh, behind the scenes as well as um, in the audience and and beyond because truly I don't think I will ever really know the impact of um, our productions. I'll I'll never really know. All I can go on is the phone calls that I've gotten and the um, text messages and the list goes on and on and and it's a wonderful blessing. It is. It really is. And um, so we're Getting close to the hour, we still have a lot of time left, but I want to talk about the no- the number of plays that you've done because perhaps we do have some artists and uh, creative people listening too. And I would say this that even if you're not in the creative world, we're always creating something. But if you're not in the theatrical world and that type of entertainment, um, please don't miss out on the opportunities to. Put some things into practice, making sure that one, as Ursa said, that you keep your circle, what I call clean. And that means that if negative people come into your space, that you pour so much positivity on them that they only have two choices to organically change and desire what you have, that positiveness, or to um, leave that space, leave the space until they're ready to come back and be a part of this positive energy. So, that's important as you're building towards whatever dream that you want to have. And then that walking by faith, or as Mel Robbins says, the five, four, three, two, one, move, do it, do something, do something. In the words of Brian Tracy, eat the frog first thing in the morning, do something about your passion. If you can give eight to 12, I mean, many of us work well over eight hours a day in corporate America. If you can give eight to 10, 12 hours a day to somebody else's dream, 
how wonderful for us to do that. Um, but could you not find, could you not find a half an hour, 30 minutes a night to give to your own dream? And with that being said, I want to talk a lot about um, the, the different, the diverse plays that you've done. Just tell us a little bit about some of the work that you've done. I know <laughs> probably it's a lot more we can cover in this time together, but some of the work. Oh my goodness. We, we've done so many plays over the years. Um, we did uh, Discord in the Choir, um, I guess maybe about two years ago at Hopkins, which we're going to be doing again. And, and I just want to just mention this about Discord in the Choir. Um, you just never know how God is going to send um, directions to you through someone in terms of what it is he has for you to do. I was inspired to write Discord in the Choir by Rose Backus Ham, who is a longtime well-known educator and Baltimore's educator in Baltimore City. And so I had gone to a funeral and I was sitting next to Rose and she said, Ursula, I had a dream that you wrote a, uh, a play about a church choir. I said, really? And I said, what about the choir that you dream? She said, I, I don't know. What, I can't remember the details, but you wrote a play about a church choir. And out of the conversation that I had with Rose as you know, the conversation that I had with my mother, um, in the same vein that is um, plays being birthed out of a conversation, um, discord in the choir was born. And again, mm. that came out of my conversation with, with Rose Ham. So you just never know. Um, I've done, oh my goodness, so many different plays. Um, my Big Fat Ghetto Fabulous Wedding. <laughs> that was a great one, which we're looking to do again. Uh, we did uh, Crown of Glory, Agony of Deceit. We did uh, For Better or Worse. Um, coming up this weekend, we have a uh, Christmas dinner theater production, A Christmas Miracle, which is a wonderful, inspirational, uplifting piece about the true meaning of Christmas. And it's all about Christ. And so um, that's the latest work. And uh, that's going to be happening this weekend. But over the course of my 15 or so years of writing plays, I've probably written, I would say at least 20, at least 20 plays, at least 20 plays, wow. if not more. Wow. I just write them. And I don't the, even, I just move on and just write a new play, but I've written quite a few plays. And they're all comedies. I, I can't think of one that's not really a comedy. They all, <laughs> they all make you laugh. And I think yes. that is so important. Laughter is good for the soul. I am. I, I love to laugh, and I, I build my day. I build laughter in every some part of my day every day. But I think yes, that's it, so important. It, it, the it audience is. comes and out. And, like, mm, yes. Oh, uh, uh, Drayvon. I'm here. Oh, that's okay. Okay. I I was going to say. Um, I just wanted to add to uh, Serenity House. That was probably my more serious. Um, stage play production from addiction to deliverance because it it uh, had a lot to do with overcoming addiction. And, and for me, I, I would have to say of all the pieces I've, that I've done, I would consider that to more than likely be my greatest work because of the impact it had um, in encouraging people that they could overcome addiction, whatever that addiction is. Once they make their minds up that they're going to give that addiction up, Christ will bring them through. So I, that was just wonderful, and uh, we're looking to do that production again. Yeah, I was going to ask you what was one of your favorite plays, and I could see how that play would be a favorite play because it was a heavier topic, 
and a timely topic, especially when we have so many people who are struggling with uh, addiction in our in our country. Period. Uh, who are struggling with uh, uh, with addiction, and I think the way you approached the subject was so real, but so uh, there was such a humanness about it, such a familiness about it. No shame or condemnation or blame. That you know nope. this is something that you could be battling with and these are the people who love you and who would love to help you work through this and who believe in you. And, and then it had that real factor too. It, it it wasn't all pie in the sky. It was like, and if you don't, don't turn yourself over to help and, and surrender yourself to help, the, the, the consequences are dire. Yeah. So it was a really heavy, heavy play. And uh, but but very, but at the same time, I say heavy and light because again, there was so much humor in that play too. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny, and again, and, and as I mentioned earlier, that particular production for me came through Dr. Branch. It was a conversation that I had with Dr. Branch, and Dr. Branch had asked me to write a play that dealt with addiction, and so I wrote Serenity House based on a request from Dr. Branch to, uh, through a stage play, address the issue of addiction. And that's what we did. And and I tell you, it was just, it's just a wonderful production. Yeah, it was just, it was beautiful. It was absolutely beautiful. And I will say that every one of your messages, every one of your plays has some deep, deep meaning. And I said in one of my post, social media posts that when you're, when you're a dream, when you're passion, when you realize uh, and I don't know if this is true for you, but I know that it is true for me and a lot of people that I've talked to. When you know that something that you do has the potential to help so many other people, it's almost hard not to do it. Mm-hmm. I agree. You know, because, yeah, because it takes the focus off of you mm-hmm. and puts it on something outside of yourself. And I remember when I was a kid, you know, my, my mom didn't allow us to be shy. You know, you, you could be shy inside, but you couldn't act shy. Um, oh, we're all, we're out of time. I guess it's a battle. I tell you, we could talk all day. And I hope that our le- lead, our listeners here today have realized that they have the ability to make their dreams come true following their passions. You've been spending this hour with Everyday Peace. Remember, you are an Everyday Peace maker. Go forth and have a peaceful week. Until next Monday, see you then. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I'm Michelle Phillips, a celebrity makeup artist, beauty expert, self-confidence coach, and Hay House author. My podcast, Beauty and Beyond, is the place for women navigating the challenges of the aging process. Listen in for my professional advice, as well as my expert guests, as we share valuable tips, practical tools, and empowering resources to help you not only look amazing, but also live an amazing life. Part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and available wherever you get your podcasts.